This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Jen, Jen, what are you doing? What is that? Back to school ads, Janet. Back to school ads. You're tearing them up? Well, I am actually recreating my Sam tearing them up. You know how this time of year the back to school ads start coming fast and furious? My Sam came in the kitchen and laying on the table was an ad from our local store and he picked it up and he shredded that thing. (laughs) It infuriated him because as far as he is concerned, the very existence of that ad is intruding upon his summer and he does not want to think about school at all yet. He wants to enjoy his summer. Now, as a parent, I know that I do need to start thinking about it because I'd like to shop these sales and I do need to start thinking about transitioning our family to the school year. But my thoughts on this and Sam's were a little bit different. Slightly different. Did you know there's a statistic about this, Jen? (laughs) No, I did not, but I'm not surprised. Janet? In in 1980, 14% of boys did not like school. In 2001, 24% of boys reported that they did not like school. I wonder what that is now. I bet it's higher. They want to stay home and play Fortnite. Well, yeah, but even besides that, even before Fortnite came out those few months ago, I would say the numbers, at least in my own home, were greater than 25% hating school. So what do we do? How do we help parents get their boys ready for school? It's inevitable. It's the Mm -hmm. law. What can we do to ease the transition into school for our boys, considering that each age range needs different things. Considering the bigger picture, not that we don't need to pay attention to what's happening to our girls, certainly we do, but when it comes to school, our boys are more at risk. It's not just a matter of hating school, but that 
plays out in all kinds of other scenarios. Generally speaking, boys tend to do worse academically in schools than girls. Generally speaking, boys are the bulk of discipline referrals. My stat that I found today is that boys are four times more likely to be expelled from preschool. Yes. And I'm not trying to scare anybody who's listening, but having an awareness of these things kind of helps you understand the bigger picture, what um, you and your son or the boys in your classroom are up against, and why it's really worth it to make an effort and do what you can do to help school be a positive experience for your son and your family. And as you are saying that, I'm thinking about all the dads out there who were boys once, who probably had some rather challenging school experiences, Mm. sitting out in the hall, having their chair taken away from them because they couldn't sit still. There's the dynamic of how do we help our boys transition to school? What do we need to know as parents? But as I work with teachers who are doing parent-teacher conferences, I talk with them a lot about you've got a dad who may be slightly PTSD when he walks into the school. Right. And so being aware of what are the subtle messages that dad may be giving to son, how can we open up the channels of communication both ways between dad and boy, boy and dad, mom and dad. You are absolutely right. One of the first things that we need to do as the adults in this equation is get real with ourselves and figure out what our own thoughts, feelings, emotions, and values are regarding school. Because so often we don't think about them, even though they influence everything we do and everything we say, and our kids pick up on all of it because they're sponges. And so, for instance, if you think school is a waste of time, even if you never say those words, your kids pick up that attitude. If you think that the teacher is against your son, your son picks up that attitude. Same thing, if you think that getting top grades is a prerequisite to a good life, your kids are gonna pick up on that too. For better or for worse, there's a, there's a lot of pressure with that. So you need to take some time and process your own experiences with school and make a very conscious effort to keep your stuff regarding school over here and think about what messaging you want to get across to the boys in your life. Great advice, Jen. You're so wise. <laughs> I just want the audio of that part. Just that little clip. Great advice, Jen. You're so wise. And I'm going to play that on repeat over and over. So like when I have my moment of self-doubt, I'll just cue that up on my phone and I'll just listen. Or channel it into Sam's headphones on Oh, exactly. Fortnite. Exactly. <laughs> Your mother is so wise. All right. So. Okay. Let's organize this for our listeners. Let's talk about preschool and kindergarten and starting school for the first Mm -hmm. time and then move into elementary and into middle school, high school. So Mm -hmm. that will help our listeners kind of process. I think the most important thing to keep in mind when your son is entering school is that his early experiences lay the foundation for his experience and what he comes to believe about school 
about learning and about himself as a learner. So it's, it's important to pay attention to that transition and to do everything that you can to make it as positive an experience as possible for him. One of the things that I think parents can do to make it easier on themselves and on their boys is to realize that boys in particular, especially at this age, are very concrete thinkers. Helping them understand what the logistics of school are going to be. Where is the building? Where is my classroom? How am I going to get to school? Well, what am I going to put my stuff in? How am I going to, where am I going to eat? What if I have to go to the bathroom? Brainstorming, talking through those things, taking advantage of school open houses so that your son can know the how of things are going to happen before he gets there on that first day. And it's time to start thinking about your routines in the morning and to begin to practice those and talk about, you know, we we do these three things before we have to leave the house and get that in place ahead of time. You do not want to be doing this on the first week of school. That's really smart, especially when you have little kids, because by this time, you know that messing with your child's sleep routine is hell for the whole entire family. So if you need to start transitioning back to an earlier bedtime so that your kid can get up easier in the morning, start doing that gradually and do it now. And I would plug in there in your morning routine as you're you're creating a new one, make sure that you allow time for some physical activity before school. Your son's teachers will thank you. Your son will thank you. He needs to have some movement time if it's going out and shooting some hoops or riding his bike or getting to school early to play. That 20 minutes or so of physical movement time is going to help him follow the directions of sitting still and Mm -hmm. being in a contained space. The other thing I think that parents need to know as their sons are getting ready to start school for the first time, is that the expectations have really changed since a lot of us were in school. So the kinds of things that I was doing in kindergarten are now standard in preschool. Kids in preschool now are expected to write their name by hand. And by the end of kindergarten, they're doing some very basic reading. Don't freak out about this, But I'm telling you this so that you can understand how the expectations have changed. This has increased pressure on teachers. It has increased the amount of sitting down time. And this is why what you're saying, Janet, is so important. As parents, one of the things that we can do is preserve that time to move in other ways. Also, along with that increased academics moving down the grades, is an understanding of boys' developmental trajectory. So important. Which is so different than girls. You can think about these younger boys as being about a year to a year and a half behind their chronological age. And so we're asking boys of five and six who really are developmentally in some areas more like four and five, to do these tasks, find motor skills, sit still, transition. We're asking them to do things that they are not, in general, developmentally ready to do. And this is so important for parents and teachers to understand. The parts of the brain that control language 
and fine motor skills are the ones that lag behind at this age in boys compared to girls. And these early years, the focus academically is all on writing and reading, the exact things where boys' brains aren't as prepared to handle those skills. So parents, if your son is struggling with writing his name, or if he is struggling with reading, that does not mean that he's not smart. It doesn't mean he's not a good learner. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your son. And if you can understand that some of this is that he's being asked to do things when his brain's not fully prepared to do that, it helps you be a little bit more patient with it and not freak out. And that's extremely important because when boys start getting the feeling that they are failing, that they are not meeting expectations, that's when they start internalizing this idea that I'm no good, school isn't for me, which as they get older can lead to that, why bother, why should I even try? Another thing that nobody told me when my kids were starting preschool, but I'm gonna pass on, I think it's a good idea to have some explicit conversations with your boys about what is acceptable behavior at home, versus what is acceptable behavior at school. The expectations may be different, and particularly with boys, you may have gotten to a point where you are totally okay with rough and tumble play in your living room and in your backyard. At school, your son cannot run up to his friend, tackle him onto the playground, and wrestle with him. He's going to get in trouble. Same thing with gun play, even some of the superhero play where there's a bad guy and somebody kills somebody. Talk about some of these things. I'm not saying, you know, sit your kid down and have a 20-minute discussion, but to begin broaching that. And when you find out what the rules are at school, make sure you reinforce those with your son and make sure that he knows, you know what, you can um, play with your toy gun at home. You, it cannot be in your backpack to go to school. So what about elementary school age boys? So obviously all of the above still applies, right? I think that your point about making sure that there is time in the day for physical activity is still so extremely relevant and important. Before school, after school, you cannot realistically expect your son to come home and knock out his reading or his worksheets as soon as he's home. He needs to move at that point. And eat as well. Yes. I, in so many schools, I was shocked. Like A couple of my kids would have lunch even before 11 a.m., because you know there's one lunchroom and you have to get all the kids through. So if you're eating your lunch before 11 o'clock, by the time you get home from school, you're hungry. And many kids will eat really fast so they can go out to recess. Get to recess, boys especially, yep. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important, especially as for the little ones going into elementary school, until you get a real gauge of how they're going to do with this increased academic rigor, I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out and you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out 
and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete it seems, how little we know, and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is, deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, Increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy is to make sure you are building in unscheduled time. So yes, for activities, but every day does not need to be a different organized sport. Mm -hmm. He has to have some downtime. That is when he's processing his learning and his social relationships, and he needs that time. And it's when he has a chance to figure out who he is and what he likes and what he wants to do in the world. And those things might not show up on his report card, but they are ultimately the most important things in the world. And along those lines, increasingly, even within education, people are beginning to realize that academics, the what you learn in your, you know, what, how you can do math, how you can read, that's not the most important thing 
that's not most important for success later in life. Most important are a person's social emotional skills, how you can relate to other people, how you rebound from challenges. Increasingly, schools are devoting time and attention to developing those skills. So as parents, don't put all of the focus on academics. Make sure that you are continuing to nurture and feed those other aspects of your child as well, especially if you have a boy who is struggling with academics for some reason. I think it's also important for parents to have the discussion with their sons about how they're going to handle screen time during the school year. Mm. Are they coming home and getting right on the game? Or is there a, a routine around outside time and family time and homework and all of those other things? Start planning how those small few hours between after school and bedtime are going to be used. Map it out because mm -hmm. it goes really quickly and you want to make sure that you've got the built-in family time and help with dinner and time to do homework, time for unstructured play that isn't video games and, and have an agreement before you get into the school year. So speaking of those few short hours, I'm going to talk really briefly about homework. I know you and I have talked about it extensively before, but when we're getting to your son and school and homework, do not be afraid to prioritize life over homework. If your kid is getting so stressed out that it's creating stress for all of you, put the homework away for the night. Communicate with his teacher. It's good to have those lines of communication open all the time, but communicate with his teacher and make sure, as you said, that there's time for your son to do things that are important for him also. If you're having issues with the homework, talk about that. See if you can find some solutions in conjunction with your son's teacher. And we have a podcast episode on homework. So we will link to that in the show notes. All right. What about teenagers? I had the best advice when my daughter was going into high school from a friend who said, you know, your kids are going to need you more in high school than they ever have before. You know, I've heard people say that too. And on the one hand, it's true. And on the other, it's hard because they don't want you in the same way that they do when they're little. So when they're little, they are clamoring for your attention. When they're older, and they kind of make like they don't need it, but they really do, don't they? They really do. And I heard someone uh, call this the potted plant method of parenting. And that is you are available and you are around. And a lot of times you are quiet and waiting for them. So you have to be available and one of the tips that I utilized when my kids were in high school was if they were out late, I would lay on their bed and ah. wait for them to come home. And it was, I mean, I might sneak in a nap, but it was amazing when they got home because they're revved up. They're ready to That's talk true. and they want to debrief and tell you stories. So make sure that you are there and available when they are ready to talk on their timeline. And for teens, 
it's likely going to be when you would maybe prefer to be in bed. I tend to find 9 p.m. and later is the time. Like that's when I need to be available. A lot of times I will just sort of be, you know, sitting around on my phone. And when the kids come through, somebody makes a comment, then you can interact. Yes. It's difficult with teens to walk that line of how much involvement they need and how much they don't though, especially when it comes to school. So what's your thoughts on how a parent can help set their teenage son up for a successful school year? Part of it is organization, Mm. helping him get organized. So boys will tend to figure out a way of doing things. And it might be stuffing papers in the bottom of a backpack. (laughs) Go through with your son and design a system together that is going to help him keep himself organized. You supply the tools, have a drawer set aside that has the pencils and the erasers Mm -hmm. and the whatevers so that he doesn't have to strategically waste time going to look for all those things. (laughs) Because he will. Because he will and get distracted. And so, you know, have the office supplies there. Go through and, you know, again, it's a fine line, always a fine line with our teens of letting him try something, having it fail, pulling back, regrouping. Okay, let's look at this in a different way. What else can we do to help you remember to take your papers to school? You are not doing the remembering for him. Right. You are are facilitating a way for him to remember. And part of this is letting him fail. Yes. And this goes for all ages. Yes. Being okay that, yep, he's going to blow that math test because he didn't study. He's got to figure out the cause and effect of, of his academic work. Mm-hmm. And or, it's comes same thing uh, regarding extracurricular activities and sports. It is, when my kids are teens, it is not my job to make sure that they meet the sign-up deadline for a high school sports team. That's their job. It is not my job to take their uniform in. That is their job. I facilitate that. If they get it in the laundry, I'll wash it. But you know what? If it's not in the laundry, I don't wash it. And then that's still their problem. You are teaching life skills here Mm -hmm. by not doing for them. And I think we have to, as parents, remember that school, especially for teenagers, Let's face it. The main focus of school for a teen is not academics. Yes, you want them to pay attention to their academics, but for your son, this is their world. And so they are concerned about the social things going on. They're concerned about their standing with their peers. So when you are asking and trying to find out what's going on, just don't always focus on the grades or the classes. Think big picture. And again, don't ask don't be, you know, how, have him get in the car and how is school today? Kind of hang back a little bit and wait yes. for him to bring something up. I'll never forget the day I dropped my daughter off at her first day of high school as a freshman. And there were all these girls who were tall and developed. And there were all these freshman boys who were short and scrawny. And they are definitely kind of, you know, the bottom of the social pecking order and helping your son understand this explicitly, like he may get it inwardly, 
that, oh, I'm still little and there's these big guys. And just to talk about that and to point out to him, hey, look at the sophomores. Hey, look at the seniors. Your growth is coming. Don't worry. It's all, it's all good. It's okay. Freshman year is a brutal year for boys often because developmentally, they are not where a lot of those other kids are in school yet. Also, I, I learned this important lesson when my daughter was a freshman and there was a party and I, of course, was you know encouraging her to go to this party and, oh, you should go and you should go. And there was this reluctance in her and I realized she actually, she didn't outwardly say, I don't want to go, but I could tell. And so be willing to be the fall guy. Oh, yes. Be willing to give your kid the out and say, you know, oh, my mom won't let me come or whatever it is. But give your kids a break from the social scene if you feel like that is necessary for them. And also give them a break from social media, from that compelling need to have to interact and have it be on you. Like, no, my mom won't let me use my phone this weekend. And actually inside he's probably going, oh, thank goodness. I, I don't have to keep my snatch Snapchat streak going or whatever <laughs> it is. I don't know if boys even do that, but. Oh, they do. They do. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, they do. But so be willing to step in and say, you know what? Here's the line. You need to rest. You need a break you need some family time, we're going to stop. What can teachers do? Teachers spend so much time with our boys all of the time, and teachers want our boys to succeed too. So how can teachers work to make this a good year for the, all the boys they come in contact with? In my work with teachers, what I realize is there are, this is just basic human nature. There are teachers who love boys, and love teaching boys and interacting with them. And there are teachers who, eh, not so much. I mean, they like them, but eh. And so recognizing and telling your son, and that he's already gotten it by high school. He knows there's teachers who favor the girls, and the boys get in trouble in it more often or in a different way than the girls do. They see this from first grade on. And so for teachers, I say, you really have to be measured in your response to boys and girls, understand, and we all have biases and, and that's human nature, but to recognize your own biases around that. I, I quantify it for teachers as what boys need is rigor, relevance, and relationship. Yes. Boys want you to see them and to know them. If you don't give a hoot about sports, you better show up on Monday knowing which team won the whatever Super Bowl and know for every boy, what is his thing? What is his passion? So that you have a way to connect with him, even if it's just in passing in the hall, but you know that one thing about that boy and I'll tell you what, if you have that relationship connection with him, that will go a long way to helping you help him in the classroom be a successful learner. 
and beyond the classroom because that that foundation of a relationship really gives you the chance to help with other issues as well and to be a trusted adult and all of our kids need as many trusted adults as possible in their lives. And the other thing is relevance and boys want to know why I need to know this. Tell me how I'm going to apply it. I think the classic question is when am I ever going to use algebra, right? It's even more than that. It's how is reading going to serve me? How is writing this essay going to serve me in my life? And that's where knowing what their interest and their passions are can help you as an educator. Because if you can find the connections between what they care about and what you try to teach, and you can show them, here is how math is used to make this car go faster, or here is storytelling in this video game you got them. They know that you see them and now they're motivated. Yes. And the other piece about the motivation is boys want rigor. Many boys, most boys, they want rigor. With that rigor comes competition. So be okay with competition. It can be competition in a team or with their classmates, but it can also be Mm self-competition. And don't be afraid of giving boys rules. They love rules. It helps them order their world. So be okay with imposing rules. Perhaps it's rules that you've created together, but have those rules. It's really a security net for boys. You know, if you think about it, when you talk to adult men and you find out who was an important coach or teacher to them, as they were coming up, almost inevitably, it is somebody who was strict and had high expectations, but at the same time made sure that, that everybody knew that he would help them reach those expectations. And at our high school, there was a music uh, teacher for nearly 30 years that that was his thing. In other schools, it's a coach or an English teacher. Those people can set the example that we can all use. Above all, remember humor. Yes. It's okay to laugh at the fart jokes. They're funny. Yep. They are funny. And yes, humor will go a long way towards smoothing out any of the bumps in the road that are inevitable for your sons going into school. And hopefully we've given you some tips today that will help you smooth the pathway for them. Also though, recognize that yes, they are going to experience some bumps and yes, it will call up some of your past, shall we say trauma from your own school life. And that's a chance for you to process and learn and grow When you reach those bumps, if you are really struggling with them as the school year is going on, feel free to shoot us an email and let us know what's going on with your son. And we can talk about it. We can talk about it in an upcoming episode because whatever you are dealing with, with the boys in your life, you are not alone. Boys and anger is a topic we are hearing lots about. We want you to know you are not alone. You can go to boysalive.com backslash anger and receive a free audio download to help you understand the complexities of your son's anger. 
also includes tips and strategies for how you can help him cope with this big emotion. Thanks for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.